That's the latest. I'm Faye De Sil. appealing Everything the traffic will allow Nowhere could you have that happy feeling When you are stealing that extra bow There's no people like show people They smile when they are low Yesterday they told you you would not go far That night you opened and there you Stay on your dressing room, they found a star. Let's go on with our show. Welcome, particularly if you are a fan of musical theatre or theatre in general. My name is Ian Cheeseman. This show's called Break a Leg. We're here every week, same time, same channel. And uh, I talk about all things theatrical. Usually I've been to one or two shows and I give you my verdicts on those. We look ahead to what's to come and we meet interesting people. So, for example, in this hour, we will meet Jonathan Sayer. Now, he is a football fan as well as being a theatrical genius. He is the co-chairman of Ashton United Football Club, but he's also one of the playwrights and producers and one of the performers in the brilliant The Play That Goes Wrong, and one that's due to tour fairly soon is Peter Pan That uh, Goes Wrong, and I can tell you it's hilarious. I've never laughed as much in a show as I did when I went to watch The Play That Goes Wrong. So we'll meet Jonathan a little bit later. Also, the second part of my interview with Mark Hilton, local man from Ashton Underline, who is the associate or was the associate producer of Newsies. He's been a star on, on stage himself. His mother is one of the active members of Duckingfield Amateur Operatic and Dramatic Society. So he's, he's very much a local man made big. So we'll hear the second part of the interview with him. And also Jessica Daly who is one of the stars of the upcoming musical I Should Be So Lucky, which is the songbook of Stock Aitken Waterman, a bit like Mamma Mia, with a completely different story, which will be opening at the Opera House in Manchester in November. So those are three interviews to come. Loads of great music, including this song from a musical I went to see since we were last together, and that is Heather's The Musical. And this version is sung by Carrie Hope Fletcher, among others. Uh, this song is, as I say, featured in the musical, and it's called Seventeen. Fine. We're damaged. Really damaged, but that does not make us wise. We're not special. We're not different. We don't choose who lives or dies. Let's be normal. See bad movies, sneak a beer, and watch TV. We'll bake brownies or go bowling. Don't you want a life? With me Can't we be Seventeen That's all I want to do If you could let me in I could be good with you People hurt us or they vanish And you're right, that really blows But we let go Take a deep breath And go buy some summer clothes We'll go camping Play some poker And we'll eat some chili fries Maybe prom night Maybe dancing Don't stop looking in my eyes Your eyes 
damaged, badly damaged, but your love's too good to lose. Hold me tighter, even closer. I'll stay if I'm what you choose. Can we be seven? If I am what you choose. If we've still got the from Heather's The Musical and that's sung on that occasion by Carrie Hope Fletcher and Jamie Moscato. Now before we meet Jonathan Sayer, uh, let me just say that I went to see Heather's at the Palace Theatre in Manchester in the last few days and I'm a massive massive musicals fan and I want to be very very positive and say great things about everything I see and I have to say that there's very, very few exceptions where the singing, the dancing, the choreography, the performing, the direction, everything like that is not brilliant. And I've got to tell you that Heather's was just as good as anything else ever seen, except, and this is just me, and it shows how personal musical theatre is, I just didn't like the story at all and didn't get why the audience were laughing at certain points. I, I just was not with it. Maybe that's because I'm old-fashioned, maybe it's because I'm male and maybe it's aimed at a female audience. What it does do is it illustrates how musicals, theatre, whatever it might be, it could be a book, it could be, it could be a comedy, it could be anything, it's so, so personal. And what I absolutely admire about the musical theatre world is that there is something for everybody. So, for example, I'm a big fan of Back to the Future, the musical, which opened at the Opera House in Manchester, seen it loads and loads of times, and even had the good fortune to see it on Broadway recently. And it opened, officially opened on Broadway, just a, over a week ago, I think, and I've seen some of the reviews, and they were not very good. And I couldn't understand it, because I think it's brilliant. So me reviewing Heather's and telling you that I thought it was not very well written, it was all over the place, there was no empathy for any of the main characters, and I just didn't enjoy it at all, is just my personal view. And if you were in the audience for Heather's, you probably loved it. And I'm glad you loved it, but it wasn't one for me. So I've got it off my chest, I've said it now. Right, let's meet Jonathan Sayer, who is the co-chairman of Ashton United Football Club, but he's also a playwright, a producer, a performer, extraordinaire. He's from Ashton Underline, and I've had the good measure and the good pleasure, I should say, of, of meeting him and talking to him on numerous occasions. And just recently I sat down with him because he'd got a new book out, which is principally about his football club, but I think also threads through his life and his theatrical side as well. So I thought it was a good... Well, there'll be much more of this interview, which is much more specific to theatre in the coming weeks on this show. But here's the one that uh, gives you a little idea of, of the, the book that he was writing. And, uh, I mean, I, I just wondered what it was about and how he came to write it and to tell us a little bit about it. <laughs> so I've written a book called Nowhere to Run, which is very loosely based on my my other side of my life, which is as the co-chairman of Ashton United. And it's it's partly exactly what I remember from the first season that, that I was here. Like, partly, or more than partly, an exaggerated version of that with with some elements of fiction. So, you know, everyone's name's been changed. Like, it's... It, it, like, 
it's it's more like it's a mixture between storytelling and a, and a sports book. I would say it's written very much as a comedy book. So it's all about. I, I, so I run. I I I'm the co-chairman alongside my dad, um, and it's so it's it's kind of about our, our journey into doing something together and. And like, it's a little bit about, particularly from my, on my side, like naivety. I think I probably thought that it would be easy to. I think, just, like, I started doing it before I was. I think I just turned thirty, so I think in my silly head, I thought all the skills I have in theatre will be neatly transferable into the world of sports and football, and it'll be fine. It's not at all. It's a totally different world. I've made more mistakes. Then I could write an ency- I could write multiple encyclopedias about the errors and mistakes I've made, and this book is about some of them. Um, and yeah, it's uh, I, what I'm hoping is it can kind of be an intersect between those two worlds, and it's something that sports fans will like. It's something that people from the local area will like, but it's also um, something that people who enjoy other stuff that I write all around the world will, will, will get a kick out of. Um, so it's a bit different. Like, I'm a bit scared, because I'm probably... There's more of my... Like, I've, I've tried to make it so, like... The jokes are about me. So I, I've probably put more of myself out there than I have in, in, in my other work. There's, you know, there's bits about... Kind of, particularly about my own vulnerabilities and frailties and stuff. Um, but hopefully it's just a fun book that's about that, that first season in charge, which, of course, was null and voided. So according... So despite all the... All the stress and anxiety and aggro and money that was lost in that eight-month period. The record books show, it, you know, it, it didn't happen. It was expunged. So it's all about, it's all about that um, and, and just what that's been like. And you care about two very different things that I care about mm. too. You care about the health of football at grassroots level, which is what Ashton United is all about. Yep. But you also care very much about live theatre. Um, how do you balance the two? So they're the same thing. That's that's how. Like they're the same thing. I'm always so shocked that more people who like football don't like theatre and vice versa because they, they are just it's just the same thing, right? It's people coming together to all share a, a journey of some kind with highs and lows, where you feel you know you you feel something that's bigger than you normally feel during your working week. And and so I just think that I just think they're the same thing. I feel the same in a football match as I do, as I do watching a musical, watching a comedy, watching a very serious play. Like I, I feel like they're the same. In fact, I didn't get to see it because I've been in America. But there's the play Dear England, right? That's just been on at the National, which which was about the England team and Gareth Southgate, and and you know I think that just shows they are just they're just they're just different sides of the of the of of, of the same coin. In my head, um, yeah. Does yes. that, have, have I answered that? You have answered it. I mean, the, the, your family history with Ashton United goes back a long way, and yeah. it's quite unique, really, isn't it? Well, yeah. So my granddad played for the club in the fifties. He was the captain, and he played for the club more than I believe anyone in our history. I think he was also part. I, 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 I believe he was also part in the part of the formation of Curzon as well. Um, and my dad briefly played for Curzon and Hillgate as well. So like, all all like for, I, and then I think my granddad's dad, who I never met, I, I think he played for, I think he played for Accrington or for Altrincham. I'm not sure which one because I didn't know him. But like, all the men in my family are these big ginger blokes who've played football to a, a fairly decent level. Um, 
and then along along came I very different like regrettably I'm awful at football like I love it but I'm just I'm, I just it doesn't it doesn't translate so so again a lot of the book is about kind of like me stepping into this world that I don't necessarily have any right to have stepped into and whether that's sensible whether that's it, not sensible whether that's good whether that's bad probably the answer is it's, it's a bit of it's a bit of everything like um but yeah, no, it's 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 a really really important like I, it, it's really important to me, and um, because like, I used to watch I used to watch Ashton play all the time, and I think just that, like again very much like grassroots theatre and fringe theatre, which is kind of where we cut our teeth when we started. Like I think it's so important for 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 a sense of community. Like a lot of good stuff comes out of grassroots things, be that theatre, football. Um, yes, yeah, so so. so um, so yeah, that's what that's what the book's about, and and it's 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 an op- I hope I hope the way it will be seen as well is, is is it's a very, although the book is about mistakes, and although it, it kind of exists somewhere between fact and fiction, and like people who I thought well they really won't want to be covered in this, you know they're 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 not in there, and like it's it's not it's not a book which is like then this happened, then this happened, then this happened. It, it's 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 different than that. But I would say the book itself is is kind of an optimistic book about communities and the strength of communities you know when people come together with a common purpose that's what, but I, I you know it's it's a narrative piece in in a lot of ways um because although it chronicles a season it chronicles an awful lot of of the stuff that happens behind the scenes as i say some some exaggerated some with like you know one person representing kind of five people actually and you know it it, it plays with the line between fact and fiction like i say but like it's it's a, it's a, it's about community and and it's about like a father and son and what that's like so it's not just so I'm, what i'm hoping is if you're a sports fan you'll really enjoy it because you'll you'll be able to read it as a sports book and also you'll be able to learn about the the <laughs> i'd say the runnings you, you'll be able to learn about the misrunnings and the and the and the and the runnings of of a non-league football club but you'll also i think if you're just someone who likes a story I've, I've written it in a way where it feels like a narrative piece, so you'll just be able to enjoy it as a story. My friend who hates football read it and said he enjoyed it, so there you go. I feel as if you and I have this common thing mm. of, you know, being massive football fans, because I'm obsessed with football, yeah. but also massively into theatre and musicals, but it's very unusual. Do you find within the football club that the alpha male environment that oh, you're in, when they talk about... Jonathan, he's the joint, but in the thespian, isn't he? You know, isn't he off in that world? I mean, do the two worlds collide a little bit? And when you're talking in your thespian um, to your thespian friends, and you say, "I'm also joint chairman of a football club," I wonder if they react the opposite way. Um, I, I think that I am somewhat incongruous in a footballing environment. I think that, but that, which is fine. But no, like, no, because I think that just like ultimately. Like the the I'd say both the world of non-league and the world of theatre are both like for the most part like very, pretty non-judgmental environments, right? You, you, there's a lot of what you see is what you get, and like th- like they're different environments with very different sensitivities, um, and the, yeah, there probably is more kind of alpha male energy within football, um, to, or, or certainly within certain parts of football, but but but. No, I'd, I'd I'd say that once you once you get past all that, like it, you know, it's just people being people, and 
once people get to know you. I, I'd like to think, you know, once people realise your intention is, is, a, is a good intention, then people are just people, and there's not there's not a lot of judgement. I, I would hope that, like, as someone who wears his heart on his sleeve, people people know, particularly here, like, I'm, I'm you know, I'm trying my very best to, to, to make good things happen. Um... During a bit of a, a bit of a tricky time, right? As well, particularly, like I'd say, particularly for non-league football, like it's it's not easy, particularly in 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 the Greater Manchester area, right? Because there's there's a lot of a lot of clubs, um, and and yeah, yeah, um, but but no, I I don't I don't think it's that much of a struggle. I'd say that, like again, part of the book is about the fact that I'd say that my dad slots into this world with greater ease than I am able to, but but. I would say that the lesson that I've learned probably in the last four years with that is just like, it's just always be yourself, isn't it? Do you know what I mean? I think if you're not being yourself and you're trying to be what you think you should be in a certain environment, which I've definitely, definitely done as part of my, my co-chairman ship, like then, then, then that tends to not work as well. And you should, you've just got to kind of breathe through it and be yourself and, 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 and then it'll, it's usually okay. The book's called Nowhere to Run, the writer, and that man I was interviewing there was Jonathan Sayer from Ashton, who is a fantastically talented uh, person within the musical theatre and the theatre world. His essence really is comedy, and there'll be a lot more of an interview with Jonathan in the coming weeks. Now, one show that is coming to uh, Lowry, the Lowry in Salford, in the non-too-distant future, is a show called Everybody's Talking About Jamie. It runs from the 7th to the 17th of September. You may have heard me last week speaking to one of its stars, Hayley Tamadon. Here's one of the songs, in fact, the title song, Everybody's Talking About Jamie. missing
tiles And there were feathers And there were leathers And there were rugby gear She said we're four all weathers That you wear if you're a guy boots. Everybody's talking about it. A few weeks ago was the launch of a new musical which will be opening at the Opera House in Manchester in the not-too-distant future. In fact, in November, it's called I Should Be So Lucky. It's a jukebox musical based on the songs of Stock, Aitken, Waterman. Of course, a bit Mamma Mia-esque. It's a different story. It's not the story of Stock, Aitken, Waterman. And one of the performers, because I've been interviewing several of them, you may have heard my interview with Pete Waterman and uh, the writer of the whole thing, um a few weeks ago, uh, but this is my final interview for now at least from this show this is Jessica Daly, you'll meet her very soon, but here's a live performance of two of the songs from I Should Be To Look At The Musical, which includes Never Gonna Give You Up, you know that one as well, performed live at the launch <laughs> I dream about you all the time In my mind a celebration The sweetest of sensations Thinking you could be mine In my imagination There is no hesitation We walk together hand in hand I'm dreaming You fell in love with me Like I'm in love with you But dreaming's all I do If only they come true Give you up, never gonna let 
performed live at the launch of I Should Be So Lucky, the new musical that will open in November. So the songs are Stock Aiken Waterman at the Opera House in Manchester. One of the stars is Jessica Daly. Now, she's been involved in lots of different things, and I wondered whether this one, because she'd been in it right from the start, right from its creation, meant even more to her. Oh, my God, absolutely. I mean, it's incredible to um, to create something from scratch, actually. And I, I did the workshop last year, but I was workshopping a different part, so I'm now stepping into a different part for this kind of iteration of it, um, which is really lovely to know the show and like what it's about um but to then step into a role that is actually more fitting to me um and already means quite a lot to me so it's quite lovely yeah I mean, it's an emotional show yeah. it's going to be a funny show yeah and it's certainly going to be an uplifting show mm-hmm. and that's what we all want to see in theatre isn't it no absolutely i think at the minute especially um over the last few years obviously the the world's been quite a dark place at times and i think um especially with regional theatre and trying to get audiences back into the theatres. You just want to have a good time and people want to know that they're going to go out to the theatre and have a great, joyful time and leave kind of feeling uplifted. And I think um, this is a prime example of that. And I think it's, it's what drew me to accept the job, actually, when I got offered the job. I was like, I just want to have fun with people who respect what I have to offer as an artist which is what Debbie does so brilliantly um, she really kind of embraces who she's got in the room and, and utilises them to the best of her, their ability so I think from all kind of angles it's just a lot of fun and a lot of joy and we are really passionate about it, yeah. As a Teesside girl you obviously yeah. love the fact that, that this is going around the regions yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean I've just been, I just spent a few days on Broadway and then in the West End and I wrote a, a newspaper column comparing audiences, mm-hmm. you have a better position to compare audiences than me because you travel all over the place our audience is different do you know what i feel like regional audiences especially with shows like this show appreciation like more so than anywhere that i've been um and i think with music like this it's it's hard not to show appreciation isn't it and i had a similar experience when we did officer and a gentleman and i toured with that and people obviously know that movie and knew the the 80s soundtrack to that and it was just so well received and i think musicals that kind of jukebox musicals get bad rap sometimes for kind of shoehorning the songs in but i feel like if they're with this one in particular this story has so much heart and Debbie is so clever at at making sure that the piece above all is relatable to people and uh, that a character is relatable to um, someone in the audience that somebody could pick them out and be like oh that's a a bit of me that Um, that's what Debbie does so brilliantly so I think um yeah I think it's it's weird I mean I'm doing Wizard of Oz in London at the moment and obviously that's just a, a classic and people are, are loving that and it's packed out and there's lots of kids coming to see it but I think obviously audiences do vary um, depending on where you go but I do I do have a soft spot for regional uh, theatres and touring actually in particular I would now regard you as one of the sort of icons really of, of <laughs> honestly I've seen you in a few different shows and I've seen you in, in honestly um, on TV of course when you were first making your way into theatre yeah. and you're now one of the sort of standout performers don't mm. you think I mean it's oh my gosh, it, that's does that mean you're in a, does that mean you're in a position to choose your roles oh my god I mean no not really I'm not at that point but I feel like as I've gotten older I know what fits and what aligns with the work that I want to make as an artist and I think when you're growing up and you're kind of making your way 
um, and, and kind of trying to carve your way out in this industry. I think you have to do do the work and start at the bottom and work your way up. I've, I've always been a firm believer in that. And even with, like, I did Over the Rainbow and then I went straight back to, went to Art Ed and did three years at Art Ed and essentially started from the bottom and worked my way back up again. So I feel like I've worked really hard to get to the point where I'm at right now. And it's not, I don't necessarily have any, like, choice in... I want to play that part and you will see me for that part. I don't, it's not like that. It's just like if the opportunities come that fit with who, what I want to do and the kind of work that I want to make, then I'm like, yeah, I'll go in for that. And if shows come up on, on the flip that don't, I don't feel right going in for or I feel like I wouldn't do a good job um, or I feel like I don't have a, a strong connection to something, then I'll say no and I won't waste other people's time by going in the room and and just doing it for the crack. So, like, I feel like I'm in a position now where I have learned to say no to going in for stuff that I feel like I might not be right for. But the opportunities, it's still a very, very hard industry. Wherever you are in this industry, I think even if you have had your lucky break, as say, um, I think everybody has had to, especially after the pandemic, coming back after the pandemic, it's like you've really had to just keep going and keep focused and those opportunities are few and far between and when the right one comes along, you have to grab it. So with this, I'd been in for a few auditions and, and went in the room and I was like, oh, I don't really get the vibe that like people want to utilise me for what I'm actually good at and I don't, not that people were disrespectful, but I, d- I didn't feel the same level of respect as I did when I worked with Debbie and Debbie's like, what have you got to offer? And I'm like, you're the type of person I want to work with and I think it's really nice to know that we have that relationship with some people and that people appreciate what I have to offer as much as I appreciate what they have to offer me as a creative team so yeah now that you are worrying you are in your career Mm -hmm. do you have idols do you look at somebody like Samantha Barks or I don't know it might be somebody else and think that's what I aspire to be or do you feel like no I'm I'm, I'm cutting my own furrow oh no I definitely look I mean in the past few years I've worked with Sally Ann Triplett who is an actual legend like Broadway West End icon I'm currently understudying Diane Pilkington who I went to see in Wicked when I was a kid and had a photo with at stage show and now I'm, I'm her understudy I, I did my first job with Di uh, on Mamma Mia and it's come full circle and I'm now her understudy and she is the best and it's people like that and um, actually people like of that ilk like Diane Pilkington and I did a workshop with Caroline Sheen last year and I'd never met her before and I was like you are just everything I want to be in the future. So classy and so clever and artsy and creative. And yeah, it's like Diane Pilkington, like Sally Ann Tripler, uh, Caroline Sheen, Hannah Waddingham, like her trajectory. I've always been a fan of Hannah, Wad- Hannah Waddingham and her trajectory is just what I aspire to have. Like, I love that she is now where she's at and she's got the platform that she has and she started doing what we do and she's such a champion for that. So. Yeah, people like that, I really look up to, like, who are creative and the nicest people to work with and just care about the the stuff that they're making and the process. Um, I think that's... Yeah, they're classy, classy ladies, and if I can be a kind of fraction of that when I'm a little bit older, then I, that, I've won, yeah. Maybe there's somebody now thinking, I want to be Jessica Daly. <laughs> Oh, God help them. <laughs> in terms of this show, you, you yeah. said you were involved in the creative yeah. process of more than one character. Yeah. So when you, does that feel weird when you're on stage and somebody else is 
because a lot of this was created as Debbie's explained, yeah. other people have explained by yeah. you ad-libbing. Yeah. So when you see somebody else playing the character that you created and ad-libbed for, yeah. does that feel weird? It's weird because I stepped in for the second workshop, so the character had already been established for Ella, who is the Jilted Bride. Um, and then they got me in to do that. I think they wanted to try a different way. And <laughs> I, um, I just found that... I was just speaking to Debbie about this. Um, I personality wise a much more of a kind of grounded um kind of i know too much to be to be ella like like personality wise it seems and so i did that workshop and i did what i could with it but i didn't feel the connection that i do with the part that i'm now playing um of britney the sister um and her many different... She's got her own little storyline going on. And I don't want to give too much away because it's a new musical. It's, you know, you want to come see it. But um, I think it's it's it was never... It never felt like my part, that one. And this one kind of... it The pieces fit together. And I feel very aligned and connected with it. So I'm really excited to see what happens, really. The lovely Jessica Daly, who will be in I'm So Lucky, the musical, which opens at the Opera House in November. And she's shot to fame in uh, the reality TV programme, which was like an audition programme called Over the Rainbow. I think there's going to be a new one coming soon, which is based on Mamma Mia, to try and to get into that show. Jessica didn't win it, but she was very, very talented. And here, from that show, which was on BBC One, so you probably saw it, is her performance of Cabaret. What good is sitting alone in your room? the music play Life is a cabaret old chum Come to the cabaret The knitting, the book and the broom It's time
Live and local across the Ribble Valley. 106.7. This is Ribble FM. My third guest in this hour, Mark Hilton, the second part of a two-part interview that I did, right after from Newsies the Musical, on which he was the associate producer, Something to Believe in. I knew what love was Now I'm learning what is true That love will do what it does The world finds ways to sting you And then one day decides to bring you Something to believe in For even a night One night may be forever But that's all right If you weren't going to Santa Fe, and if you weren't an heiress, and if your father wasn't after my head, you're not really scared of my father. No, but I'm pretty scared of you. from News is the Musical, which is running at the Troubadour in Wembley for a long... I went and saw it a couple of times. Brilliant, brilliant show. And the associate producer, Mark Hilton, who is from Ashton Underline, and his mother is in part of Duckingfield Amateur Operatic Dramatic Society, and he's also been a star, by the way, in his own right, explained to me 
in this second part of the interview that I did with him, what his role entails. It's my job as, a, as an associate director to take on that mantle when the director leaves to do another project. So what I do on Newsies at the moment is I go in and I watch the show once a week and I'll watch two shows and I'll note the first show and then I'll give those notes out and I'll watch the second show, normally on a matinee day, just to see how those notes have blended and how they've been accessed. And then, of course, I'll have other thoughts and ideas. Um, but it's, it's the, the big stipulation about what we do as an associate and as a resident director. It's not our story that we're retelling. We, we, like I even say to actors, you know, you, you rent a role. People go about ownership. Yes, we do, because we place ourselves in it. But you only rent it for a while. You know, those words were written down a long time ago. And again, it's our job as an associate and a resident to maintain the quality that was that was set up in the rehearsals and the reason why that comma was there and the reason why musically we bring our, our volume down. So, yeah, it's, it, it is a lot. It's, it's like a caretaker, really. It's about making sure that, you're, that, that the show is... In, in in the place that it needs to be to tell the story in the best possible way. So the noting is a big thing, and that can be done in various different ways. Some people get the ability to call a rehearsal, which means you can get the whole casting and you can work on scenes and keep the rehearsal process almost going, which I love, because then you feel like you're still in an organic kind of developing um, piece of theatre. And then sometimes you don't always get the chance to be there, especially on a, on a tour, which is why the residence position on a UK tour is incredibly important. Because an associate, you'd be lucky if they get there once a month because of just the travel and just making life and that side of work fit in the same, in the same vein. Some associates as well, and like hopefully this is where I'll be going as well, you, you, you become an associate on various different shows. Um. So, again, it's not like then you can be there all the time, which is why you need that resident director. You need somebody there who can be feeding things back. Um, and you, you're you there to support, as an associate, that resident director, that if they're, you know, somebody in the company is being tricky, you can then step in with a more authoritative voice because you're not there all the time and you don't, you're not a voice that is hurt. It's a bit like, it's a bit like mum and dad and, and grandma and granddad. You know, you'll hear mum and dad's voice all the time, but until grandma and granddad say something, then you go, oh, yeah, okay, right, I'll do that now. So, <laughs> yeah, um, my parents will love that. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's, it's not just caretaking, but it is, it's also looking after the company. And, again, bringing it back to what I find very important is it's the company, it's not just the actors, it's your amazing stage management, your wonderful wigs and wardrobe and lighting and sound, and even the front of house teams when you're going to these different venues being amiable being able to talk to them and say look at this point there's that that would be a great point to bring people in if there's latecomers it's all those little things that just make that night for an audience just run as smooth as possible and make the day-to-day running for for your acting team and for your backstage team and for your band making it just as easy as possible you know being there just to support as well um, for 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 them in in their day to day life, not just for that two and a half hours that the that the show is happening. This is a fascinating insight into to things that we would 
as the punters who go into the uh, theatres take for granted. Yeah. I often say to um, I often say to actors, uh, how do you keep reproducing that performance? Because, for example, I've been to see Book of Mormons several times. I saw it again last week in mm-hmm. the West End. And I watch that performance. I watch the faces. I watch all the background artists because I love theatre. I'm a football commentator by nature. So yeah. I'm used to being observant and looking everywhere. And And every single person on that stage was absolutely at it. I assume that's because of their motivation, but is that a part of what you're doing, really, keeping them on the toes and sort of saying to um, Connor Pearson, who's playing the role of Elder Cunningham, well, you just slightly dropped it there a little bit. Absolutely, absolutely. And saying that as well, Ian, you'd make a fantastic resident if your eyes are like that all the time, because that's what we often have to do. Um, Yeah, it can be as simple as one, one note. I will, even if I've not seen something that's specific... I would normally give a, a, I'll give a general note, which is nine times out of ten is about pace. It's all normally about pace. People sit back, like we know in a general conversation, when you chat, you don't leave a pause. You you instantly react, even if it's sometimes with a, an erm, which is my bugbear. Uh, <laughs> I just did one there myself. Um, and, y- y- yeah, it's, sometimes it can be as simple as pick up that pace, get in on the back of that line, you're dropping your pace during that scene. It can be as simple as that, and it can just make them... It can activate something different, which just allows them to fly again, allows them to go, oh, yeah, of course. It's about energy. It's about the drive. It's about the passion in that moment. It's not about me wallowing in myself being a great actor at this point. You know, it is about continuing the story. So, yeah, I I think... I think as well, because say you take like a, 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 if you're talking and looking at the lighting, you press a button and those lights will happen exactly the same every single time. That will happen. And as we know, as actors, if you all of a sudden have an inclination that you want to run downstage left when you should be downstage right, no, you don't do that because one, you're not going to be lit. You know, so it's reminding even things, little things like that. You can have the most wonderful idea and thought in the moment but there has to be continuity there has to be consistency because we are telling our story within this postage stamp of a space um so yeah continuity is important and i always say when i'm teaching covers i will teach them the a to b's very very quickly if i'm doing a cover run i'll set at one in two hours bish bash bosh done you've got the blocking you're safe that's the primary concern you've got to be safe um, and then when we come back to it again, then we'll look at why you're moving from A to B. And they'll find their own way. Like I say to my covers, I'm like, I'm you, the, the intent needs to be there, but it needs to be your intent, your idea of why that character's moving from A to B. It doesn't have to be the same as the person's who's playing the role. Um, it comes with caveats. Again, like I say, you know, we can't just then all of a sudden slow everything down because we want to wallow in it. But the thoughts, what's going on in there, what's going on in that noggin, what's going on in the heart, that's always going to be different. And it should be different because I don't like training automatons uh, in terms of why they're doing something. I will say to them, like I say, I will say, you need to be there by the end of that line or else you're just not going to be lit. 
So <clears throat> that's got to be a process that we kind of go through. Um, but yeah, in terms of, uh, of looking after um, those pieces, I, I, I would always come back to and remind them about rehearsals as well and re- reminding them of when they felt that fear or that joy for the first time. J-O-Y is one of my, you know, I always use it a lot and everybody always like rips me a little bit for me for it. But I always say about joy, you know, we've lost the joy. Where's the joy? Find it again. Um, there can be joy in sadness almost sometimes, you know. And um, so, yeah, that's kind of uh, how I'd be looking after. There's a lot more to it, of course, but uh, a lot of it happens in the moment and on the moment that you're, that you're dealing with a specific actor because a, a note that you give one actor will not be given the same to another actor, even if they're in the same scene. You know, you've got to go individually as well in terms of um, of how how somebody takes a note and how you know they'll respond to it in the best way. I love your passion. We've got to talk again and, and get you on the show again. But uh, for the purposes of this interview, I'm going to finish with this question, uh, yeah. which is, what's your favourite musical? And Because uh, I'm going to play a song for you now. So your favourite musical and a song from that show? Oh, wow. I mean, the instant ones that come to mind, because I remember sitting down with my grandma and granddad and I used to watch West Side Story and Seven Brides for Seven Brothers back to back because I was obsessed with the barn raising in Seven Brides. I think it's one of the greatest choreographic pieces ever put down on on celluloids. It's, It's stunning. And then, of course, West Side Story is just simply phenomenal. Even though a lot of people talk about it, it was it was one of the changes in in musical theatre that um, <clears throat> that made a difference. Um, yeah, I'm very blessed as well to have worked on some stunning original pieces. Like Our House is the main one that kind of always comes to mind. Um, that, that's got a real special place in my heart. <clears throat> but yeah, I, I, it's such a hard one. I, West Side and Seven Brides would probably be right up there with the joy of, I think as well, because it's, where I came from, it's why I started doing what I do. It'll always be there. So, same with those two. I'd let you take a pick out of those two. <laughs> okay. Well, we'll pick Seven Brides for Seven Brothers. And is, is one song that 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 uh, you want me to play? I think it's got to be good old Howard Keel. Bless your beautiful height. We'll do that, Mark. Thanks very much for talking to me. Um, and as I always say to everybody, break a leg. Thank you, Ian. All the best. The brilliant Mark Hilton, um, an absolute superstar and very, very proud that he comes from the Greater Manchester area and is part of the local, or was part of the local Amdram Society. Here's his song, Bless Your Beautiful Hide, from Seven Brides for Seven Brothers. But I'm willing to bet you're the gal for me. Bless your beautiful hide, you're just as good as lost. I don't know your name, but I'm mistaken my claim, lest your eyes is crossed. Or pay your way through cooking school If in you would 
6.7 FM, streaming from our website and on smart speakers, live and local across the Ribble Valley. Ribble FM News. From the Sky News Centre at 10, five people have been arrested on suspicion of spying for Russia and the UK. They were held in February under the Official Secrets Act. Three of them have been charged with possession of false identity documents. 
Our crime correspondent, Martin Brunt, has more. The suspicion is that they were thought to be working for the Russian state. It was an operation by the Metropolitan Police Special Operations Unit, but taken over later by the Counter-Terror Police. The group, which represents police and crime commissioners, thinks parents should be fined if their children take part in criminal social media crazes. It follows attempted mass looting in London's Oxford Street last week, behaviour the Prime Minister's commented on. It's appalling. I think criminal damage, criminal behaviour is unacceptable, and I fully support the police in bringing those people to justice, and I want anyone thinking about this, see something like this, to know that they will be met with the full force of the law. TikTok's responded to criticism that it doesn't do enough to remove the post by saying it has zero tolerance for content promoting criminality. Some economists are concerned the latest figures on wage growth will encourage the Bank of England to raise interest rates further as it tries to tackle inflation. Pay was up 7.8% in the three months to June compared to a year earlier. Meanwhile, ministers say next year's rise in rail fares in England will be below inflation. They're changing the figure they usually use, basing it instead on July's average earnings growth, which was just under 6%. Rangers are still on course for a place in the Champions League group stages after beating Swiss side Servette 3 2 on aggregate in the third qualifying round. The second leg finished 1 all in Switzerland. And Brazilian forward Neymar has completed his move to the Saudi Pro League. The deal is expected to rise to £86 million. That's the latest. I'm... Well, thanks very much for sticking with us. My name is Ian Cheeseman. This show is called Break a Leg. It's all things theatrical and musical theatre. And in this particular hour, we concentrate on musical theatre and indeed the music of musical theatre. Sometimes it's one theme for the hour, sometimes it's split into three and maybe there's a theme that runs through that as well, and that is exactly where we are today. The music of Andrew Lloyd Webber. Cats will be on the way a little later, and so too will Phantom of the Opera. But we're going to start with the Vita. Salve, regina, mater, misericordiae. Vita, dulce, espes, mostra. Salve, salve, regina.
Down your people, Evita. You were supposed to have been immortal. That's all they wanted. Not much to ask for. But in the end, you could not deliver.
Love Me, that's the title, Lane Page, from Evita, the musical before that, David Essex, and Oh What a Circus, I think that was a hit single as well, and can you believe, and obviously if you're younger than me, and weren't even born maybe, when I'm going to tell you the date in a second, it won't make one bit of difference to you, but if you are older like me, you think, blimey, was it June the 21st, 1978, when it opened at the Prince Edward Theatre in London. It went to Broadway, it went on a US tour. It's done all sorts of stuff. It began as a rock opera concept album released in 1976. It won the Laurence Olivier Award for Best Musical and on Broadway a year later, it was the first British musical to receive the Tony Award for Musical Theatre as well. And in 1996, there was a film adaption, so it's done all sorts of stuff. It is, of course, uh, the story of a real-life person, the Argentine political leader Eva Perón and her life, the second wife of the Argentine president, Juan Perón. I believe it's going to be revived very soon as a musical. For now, though, here are two more songs. Don't cry for my me, Argentina's on the way, of course. But first, another suitcase in another hall.
106.7 Ribble FM. I'm in Cheeseman. This is Break a Leg, all things theatrical and musical theatre, focusing on the music of Andrew Lloyd Webber in this hour. We've already heard songs from Evita. Now we move to Phantom of the Opera, which uh, recently closed down on Broadway after record-breaking long run on Broadway. We're going to start this little section with, of course, the title track, Phantom of the Opera.
Crawford uh, was the man who is most associated with Phantom of the Opera and really made it his own, didn't he, the Phantom, and really threw his heart and soul into it. Great, great musical theatre performer, the great Michael Crawford. Uh, Sarah Brightman, of course, he also made a name on stage, really, in this show, ended up marrying Andrew Lloyd Webber as well. Here she is with Think of Me.
Somewhere here before that, think of me, Sarah Brightman. Music from Phantom of the Opera, written, of course, by the great Andrew Lloyd Webber and Tim Rice, although in this particular instance, or that's how most of them were, were written, it wasn't Tim Rice, it was Charles Hart and some original or additional lyrics by Richard Stilgoe. Remember him, he used to be um, on that uh, That's Life programme doing his little funny renditions, but he wrote the lyrics to that as well. So two more songs we'll play from Phantom of the Opera, All I Ask of You on the way, and next up, Music of the Night. Nighttime sharpens, heightens each sensation. Darkness stirs and wakes imagination. Silently the senses abandon their defenses. Slowly, gently, night unfurls its Thoughts away from cold and feeling love. 
darkness Forget these wide-eyed fears I'm here, nothing can harm you My words will warm and calm Let me be your freedom Let daylight dry your tears I'm here with you beside you To guard you and to guide you Ribble FM. 
I'm Ian Cheeseman, this is Break a Leg, all things theatrical and musical theatre, and featuring in this last little section songs from Cats the Musical, written again by Andrew Lloyd Webber, musically anyway, and based on T.S. Eliot's words from Old Possum's book of Practical Cats. And can you believe it was 42 years ago, 1981, when this Lawrence Award-winning Best Musical, Tony Award-winning musical came out originally? Uh, the music uh, and the words were put together in the late 70s, early 80s. Cameron McIntosh came in, Trevor Nunn as the director, choreographer, Gillian uh, Lynn, and it became an absolute smash hit. It ran for 21 years in the West End, nearly 9,000 performances. This is Invitation to the Jellical Ball. The Jellicle Ball Jellicle cats come out tonight Jellicles come to the Jellicle Ball Jellicle cats meet once a year At the Jellicle Ball Where we all rejoice And the Jellicle Leader will soon appear And make what is known as the Jellicle Choice When old Deuteronomy me Just before dawn Through a silence You feel you could cut with a knife Announces the cat Who can now be reborn And come back To a different Jellicle life For waiting up there Is the heavy side lair Full of wonders one Jellicle only will see And Jellicles ask Because Jellicles dare Who will it be? Who will it be?
Grisabella, the glamour cats from Cats the Musical. Before that, the invitation to the Jellicle Ball. Three more songs to go. Naming of the cats and memory are on the way very, very soon. But of course, the particular show of Cats hasn't always been as massively successful. You'll probably be aware of the film that was made in 2019. It starred James Corden as Bustopher Jones, uh, Jenny, uh, Judy Dench, I should say, as Old Deuteronomy. We're going to hear that song next. And it was a bit of a flop, a bit of a sting. But it doesn't alter the fact that there's some great music still in Cats the Musical. Old Deuteronomy?
I must go slow and be That's it for this week. This has been me, Ian Cheeseman, with Break Leg, all things theatrical and musical theatre, finishing off with some songs from Cats, the naming of the Cats and old Deuteronomy, and we've got to finish with this one. Break a Leg, if you're performing or watching a show this week, this is Memory from Cats.
listen to Ribble FM anytime, anywhere. Download our dedicated smartphone app. Go to ribblefm.com. FM streaming from our website and on smart speakers live and local across the Ribble Valley Ribble FM news